0: and welcome to the vsa capital tech and transitional energy podcast it's um thursday the 2nd of december and uh, vsa capital has just moved into its new offices so by the way if this goes a bit wrong in the middle it's because i we're still having a few internet connection issues but hopefully um it will come across fine it's a really smart new office have you been in it yet Phil? i'm not sure
1: I, I, Yeah, I have visited it briefly, Andrew, and uh, yeah, it's lovely. Looking forward to to, to, uh, to to being there very
0: much. Yeah, really, really
1: nice offices. And we're not having to move far either, so that's
0: good. We're not, but do come and visit us. This is my first day, actually, because as you probably hear, I've had a slight cold. I think it's quite a nasty one going around, and we have a sort of zero germ policy at the office. So I've been working for a few days so as not to spread a cold Um, because we've all got we've forgotten what it's like to have a cold actually it's bloody bloody annoying I can tell you we've had two years of really good health haven't we yes we have (laughs) anyway there we go right um actually I'll tell you what I I thought I might just kick off this podcast with a little bit of hot news um and that is that the SA have come out with their new rules for size criteria on uh, um the premium and standard listing. It doesn't really affect the premium listing because you're going to be big anyway. But basically for a standard listing now, you will need a market cap up from 750,000, which is what it was before, to 30 million. That is one hell of a jump. There are also an awful lot of companies on the standard listing that are well below 30 million. Not quite sure what's going to happen to them. I think they'll be allowed to carry on and slowly fade out, but we'll see. Um, but the, the reason it's interesting, particularly to myself, is that, you know, those companies sub 30 million, and there's a lot of them, particularly in places like tech and biotech where they get started and they start very small. Uh, they have to go to either AIM, where the FCA can't set rules. Um, but we know that AIM has a sort of unwritten rule of 20 million or the only other alternative is the Acris Stock Exchange, which obviously we are big fans of. We think it is the, the growth market of London. London needs a competitive exchange, uh, and so in my view, these are these rules have literally just been published, um, and I think it's fantastic news for the Acre Stock Exchange. Wow! Well, wow! Well, that's
1: very, very interesting. Good. Well, that's uh,
0: uh, so it's, it's, it's all
1: opportunity for businesses, isn't that? Under a different listing venue as well. So you know,
0: I think I mean there was an article in the FT yesterday, I think it was, by, um, uh, God, my, my brain's gone again, but the guy from Marshall Ways, Peter, was it Peter Marshall or Peter Waste? Peter Marshall, basically saying, pointing out, and it's something that we pointed out before, the London Stock Exchange, actually on an international basis, is losing market share rapidly. And it is a real problem in London. Uh, it's not just down to the London Stock Exchange, it's also the way our fund management industry is run, but the two are very connected. And the way to get these things ramped up is to have competition. Uh, we really do need competition. The Acre stock exchange is the obvious answer. Why the government in this post-Brexit area, and let's be honest, the government has pretty much ignored financial services during the whole Brexit trend issue, et cetera, et cetera, and yet we're about 10% of the entire revenue of this country. Um, it is absolutely disgraceful. But why they aren't out there saying, look, we need to do something. We need to stop this hold. We do need competition. We do need a second exchange. It's extraordinary. Um, it's another thing that gets me ranting and raving, Phil. Well, not not surprised, Andrew, but I don't know if you looked at
1: the results from uh, AJ Bell uh, that, that came I did, out. Actually. Yeah, this morning. Yeah, look at the look at the growth of investors using a platform. Have you just seen that I sent you the announcement you've seen from uh, Aberdeen, um, fund management group looking to a, to uh, I think requiring Interactive Investor, which a lot of our listeners have probably got sips on that on that platform as well. So they, I, I just think the irony in all of this is, you know, just as you know the UK is going through a period of in, in, in increased investor interest um, in the markets and people saving more, you know, and through through COVID and yeah, and yet in terms of the, the the end opportunity, which is you know for quoted investments is listed companies, you know.
0: Yeah, and look, the sectors that we look at, tech, technology, transitional energy, and of course, brands, it's where people are wanting to put their money at the moment. But the point is that a lot of these companies, they start small and they grow into really big, successful companies. I mean, joking apart, I remember when I first got involved with Arm, you know, they were only valued at a couple of million pounds. Right now, you wouldn't be able to get that onto the London Stock Exchange. Isn't that incredible? And yet, look what it turned out to be. But Aquis is the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there you go. There's my rant and rave to get us going. Now, look, I'll tell you, uh, we love a good rant and rave. Uh, actually, I'll tell you just quickly. Whilst on Aquis, one of the lot, the, there's been a lot of debate recently as well about how so many of the IPOs coming to London are flops, over 50% apparently. Um, which you know, and it was companies like Deliveroo and that sort of thing, and Aston Martin. It's you know, the big banks bring these things and just price them completely wrongly and get it wrong. At VSA, most of our IPOs are are very successful. But on Aquis, our last IPO was at a company called Silverwood Brands. It was about three weeks ago, was it, Phil, we we floated that? Yeah. Um, So about three weeks ago, we floated it at 40p. Looking at my screen right now, it's priced at 77.5p. So in three weeks, all the investors have basically doubled their money. Now, that's good broking for you. I can tell you the company's happy. The investors are happy. We're happy.
1: There we are. Recipe for success. But it's all about giving everyone involved
0: value, as you point out. Sure, right. Now I'll tell you. Uh actually, let's do a little bit of transitional energy sort of thing. Uh-huh. I spotted today, I spotted today, you won't have seen this, I suspect, but you should. You should have a look at this. Uh on LinkedIn, one of the leading fund managers in transitional energy, Rand Schroeder's. Um has started an advent calendar, and every day he is actually going to um, open a window, so to speak, uh, which I think is rather interesting. Um, Now, the the, the manager of the Schroeder's Global Energy Transition Fund, which is, I think, it's about three billion market cap now, actually is uh, my son, Alex Monk. He's a bright little laddie. Um, but it's very clever. So today's window that he's opened is all about the ability to turn, um, carbon dioxide into plastics.
1: Right, Andrew. That's made you go
0: quiet, hasn't it? It has actually, because I studied physics, I think you did chemistry, so you tell me. I did (laughs) do chemistry. well it is i did chemistry my examiners weren't quite so convinced but uh, (laughs) there you go but it's an incredible idea if you think about it you're making plastics basically from fossil fuels which is carbon carbon dioxide is carbon um so there clearly is quite a lot of sense to this now if you read his article he he does go on and explain a lot of it and the, the chemistry is still quite a long way off um but it's as a concept, really quite an interesting concept, and it does make you think about what else we could do with CO2. Because at the end of the day, you can split it into carbon and oxygen. It yeah. does quite cost quite a lot to do, cost quite a lot to do that sort of thing, um, and you know, being able to make some sort of plastic or some other product from it is really quite an interesting idea. But anyway, look, uh, he's a bright lad. Um, his performance is tremendous, luckily, because I'm an investor in his fund. Um, do look at his LinkedIn page and uh, follow his... I'm guessing he's going to do it for 24 days, 24 great ideas. Um, I, I guess he will, I hope he will, uh, although I happen to know he's going down to my, our house in... Uh, I say my house, our house in Cornwall tonight um, for a long weekend of golf. I assume before he goes and plays, he'll post something else up there. But do read it, it's very interesting. Well, I look forward look forward to following that. And he's he's yeah. in a
1: he's in a busy sector. I don't know if you did you see the um, there was an IEA report about renewable energy. Um, no, it just no, come no. out. I, I, don't. Yeah, I was just going to say no no, and they they're reporting that there was uh, 290 gigawatts of capacity, mostly wind turbines and solar panels, was installed during the last year. I thought that was quite quite astonishing they're at a record level and they're forecasting and this is to 2026 which is only like you know four years ago that all the energy has, 95% of the new energy generation capacity is going to be renewables to uh, to 2026 and China's installing the most of it. So you know we've been talking about the investment going into
0: the sector, but it's these sort of figures that that quantify you know the scale of what's happening. Yeah, look, it's going uh, ballistic now, and as most people know, I'm a believer in SWB, which is solar wind batteries, uh, and the predictions are that by 2050, 80% of the world's energy will come from SWB, um, which is incredible, really, but I I believe in it. If you think about it, once you've installed your solar and installed your, your wind farms and installed your energy storage capability, so long as it doesn't degrade, your marginal cost of energy is zero. Why on earth wouldn't you go down that route? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see also today that uh, SSE, one of the most undervalued stocks in the market, Uh, but that's my own personal opinion. Uh, I'm a little bit biased. I do own them in my sip. Um, But I see they've reached financial close on the Dogger Bank now. Um, And the Dogger Bank is about the wind farm there. I think it's one of the largest in the world. It's incredible. And a great achievement for SSE. Yeah. Well, they're... Yeah, I mean, they're
1: committing so much um, so much investment into space. I mean, you talked about that previously with the size of their capital expenditure budgets. I don't know, Andrew, did you also see the... Um auction, there was an announcement on the capacity mar- market auctions in the UK. So this is whereby um, some mechanisms, UK government mechanism to ensure that you get consistent electricity supply. Um, and we've talked a lot about that as, you know, renewables come into the mix and in increasing levels. And that, that option um, is to supply capacity in twenty five, two 2025 and 2026, and it's for a total of uh, 50 gigawatts of capacity. Um, and they were saying that uh, you know, gas is still a large component of that, so the 36 gigawatts. But that the, what was eye-catching from my mind was that the battery level of battery storage registered was eight gigawatts, um, and which was up, you know, was up quite significantly on previous auctions that they've held. So again, you know, just a reflection of investment in this sector.
0: I mean, that is a lot of energy storage. And I think you know everybody knows that we we like vanadium energy storage we think because it doesn't degrade basically um, but the issue is with lithium number one it does degrade and I can tell you some of the lithium energy storage products out there are starting to get to end of your end of life after five or six years and the reason I said I actually know because I speak to a big energy trader, a well-known name should we say their main business is in oil most people know I'm very close to them. But they have privately spoken to me and said, we're giving up on lithium because it just doesn't work for us anymore. Uh, and because of that, they're actually giving up basically on on putting in energy storage. Um, and I also saw, uh, I think it was on Friday last week, actually, that the California Energy Commission actually did put out a load of an flow battery orders. But they didn't say who they'd given them to. And no one's put their hand up yet to say, yes, we've actually signed it. Uh, which is rather strange, but I suspect our client, Energy Systems, was part of that order, but they just probably haven't, they don't like to announce anything until it's 100% certain. Um, but going back to lithium, not only does it not really work, because it degrades, but there just isn't enough lithium around for it all to go into energy storage. It's needed in the cars. yeah. Um, so there's going to be a, 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 a lithium crunch, but just not enough to do it all. Yeah,
1: it's not been, I mean, it's not being recognised yet. Did you, I mean, on that note, um, Nissan uh, announced that they were investing 13 billion, you know, as a corporate into vehicle electrification over a five-year period. obviously, you know, the Sunderland, it benefits the Sunderland plant, but they said on, on their EV sales targets, I thought, they, it was interesting. They said that um, 75% of EV sales, 75% they're targeting at Europe. And then fifty-five, you know, and then something like fifty percent in Japan. But, but it was interesting that it's Europe that they're looking at for focus. And you know, you are right; it's the demand that's going to come from the car market that's going to cause a problem for the utility market. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that was quite something. Did you see that? Uh, I've just caught Bloomberg about Johnson And then- No, tell me more. Aha! Uh-huh. Right, there we go. You might miss this one um, that uh, we've talked about their battery um, technology unit. Um, yep. And E-L-O-N. They, Elon. yep. that's that's the one, um, and that they're you know they're moving away from that battery technology development. But uh, this was Alan Bloomberg, and is saying that um, they're citing a source called uh, Mint, I think, in India, and the the rumor is that. Uh, Tatar Chemicals might be looking to acquire those assets um, and the unit could patch 500 million to 700 million um, dollars. So uh, I it's thought a that price. was, uh, there you go, that was interesting.
0: That's a good price and actually I think they, they um, probably deserve it if you see what I mean. Um, I think that um, what I don't know is whether Johnson & is a uh, it is going to lose its place in the FTSE 100, isn't it, sadly? So it's a, it's too late to save it from that fate, as is Dark Trace. And actually, the ones that are going up are, I think, Electro Components and Decra. Ah, uh, OK. Uh-huh, there you go. Well, we talked about Electro Components
1: um, a couple of weeks back, I think. We will going yeah, yeah. through the, their results.
0: Yeah. Talking of batteries, uh, this week we had the first day of dealings for... Geleon, the um, new IPO that's come out.
1: Uh
0: huh. And I think it started pretty well. Um, I'll be honest with you, I haven't totally followed it. As so I said, I've had a cold this weekend. Everything's got slipped a bit behind, Phil. So. Oh, it's not um, like you, Andrew. But, you know. I know, I'm losing my touch <laughs> on it. Um, but actually, no, I mean, joking apart, they, uh, they have actually started trading very well, actually. They're trading at, they were floated at 145p. Uh, today they're trading at uh, 220p. That's had a fantastic opening on shooting up, Um, but they are a zinc bromide uh, company. Uh, I'm sure we will be talking more about that in the future um, as things develop. It's another company that's on our list of companies to see, probably Phil. They probably won't want to see us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well it'd be be
0: nice if they do,
1: but um, it's what well, I have to say, the more the merrier. It's good for investors to have a choice of technology companies, and uh, yeah, always good to see
0: these things getting supported. Now, also, um, don't know if you saw it, whilst on transitional energy, um, but AFC announced a, they were designed into, to uh, try and get this correct, um, uh, a Norwegian ship. I've, I've said that all wrong already, haven't I? But using green ammonia, it was one of those announcements. It was a Norwegian bulk cargo ship. They're, they're getting designed in. I mean, that's slightly different, actually, from selling a product. Um, green ammonia. Do you know about green ammonia?
1: I know that the shipping industry is looking seriously at ammonia uh, for powering for powering fuel cells. So, yeah, there's quite a bit happening in that area. Um, uh, the ammonia process, oh my God, I'm sure listeners will know a lot more than I do about this and the production of producing ammonia. All I do know is that the shipping industry is
0: quite is looking at this area
1: quite seriously, I
0: think. Yeah. In terms of I, I think we're a little way off though before you're going to get any revenue out of it. That's the one problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, as most people know, I have the issue of the AFC is the market cap. Um, I struggle slightly with it um, for a company that's still really a prototype company, not a production company. A couple of other results I saw this week, Phil, you'll probably get more than me, but I noticed this morning that Fulcrum Utilities had results um, and it was a loss. If you remember with Fulcrum, we looked at it as a potential picks and shovels stock um, and basically took the view that it actually wasn't wasn't one that we wanted to recommend. And we were right, it's been a a very disappointing performer. Uh, It's made another loss of 1.3 million. It does have some quite interesting capabilities of connecting very, very high voltage um, into sort of low voltage grids and things like that. So it's got some interesting capabilities, but not making any money, which is a problem. Uh, The market's um, sort of happy with their results. I'd say sort of happy. It's mopped up a quarter of a P, Uh, but it's down 60% so far this year which I think tells you an awful lot, but it's one just to maybe keep an eye on anyway. All right, yeah. I'll take I'll take a look at that, actually, because uh, I
1: might be quite interested for distribution and charging infrastructure. Is an angle there on that one? Well,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's a little way off what we would like to see yet, but anyway, it's one that I have okay. spoken to a few times. Uh-huh. We're, not, we're not quite there yet. And actually, there was another result this morning um, it's one that I have in my mother's IHT portfolio. So as soon as I saw it was going to have interest, oh god, blimey! Uh, but Eco, do you know Eco? No, I don't. No. Come on. Okay, it's into um, it's got US secure payments activity and that sort of stuff, and it's a payments sort of company, I think. Yeah. Um, I run the IHT portfolio, by the way, on quantum uh, analysis rather than actual um, analysis of the companies. Um, but actually, uh, it looked pretty good, uh, or much better. The results are in line. They were down about 6%, but you know they were still profitable, which is the key in my view. But the outlook was pretty promising. They've got quite a lot of cost savings coming through. Uh, and they said that they do expect double-digit revenue and profit growth uh, in full year 23, subject to no new COVID developments. That's a dangerous thing to say, isn't it? It's going to on forever. Um, anyway, that That's was one quite... small result. Uh, you had any results you spotted that you wanted to mention? GB Group. Oh, GB Group, yes.
1: Yeah, Interims ticker is GBG, Uh, this was interims to September, Um, and GB Group. uh, They are very, very well known for their software, which is used to verify people's identity um, and their location, uh, which is particularly important if you're registering customers, individual customers for any sort of business, but particularly for e-commerce, you know e-commerce um, businesses, uh, but they also have a, a fraud, a fraud software as well. So they can verify hundreds of millions of individual individuals' identities and location. Um, so they had said at their interims um, that their revenues were up, and this company is acquisitive as well. The uh, interim revenue was up five percent to 109 million, but. You know, there's various things within that sort of acquisitions, disposals, etc. But the organic growth that they'd seen was was up twelve, just over twelve percent. Um, and uh, what I thought was quite interesting was what they're saying about some of the yeah the drivers. So the organic, organic revenue is up twelve percent, but Their profits uh, before tax were down about three. um, And they have been, they are going through a bit of an investment phase. So they've just announced an acquisition, but they're also uh, investing more in their sort of operations at the moment. Um, And they they flagged that as well. So the fact that just during the kind of you know, post-lockdown COVID periods, um, they, they've benefited from e-commerce. You know, the growth of e-commerce, also crypto. They're saying, and I guess with you know, crypto is a classic for you know individuals' identifications, and then you've got things like money laundering. There's some good, there's some good long-term organic drivers for this business, um, but there is a, a sense of here we have been saying the management, the saying, sort of a return to more normal conditions. Um, For it, but also they are investing, which is probably why the share prices. I was looking at the share prices being a little bit, uh, a little bit weaker. But it's a good, good, good quality business with good, um, you know, good strong underlying operating, you know, good margins.
0: Yeah, it's actually down 20% this year. -hmm. Again, I know that because funny enough, that one's in my mother's AMH HT portfolio as well. Uh, So I'm glad you told me what they do. Uh, I missed it completely. Well, there there, there there, we are. So, uh, yeah, spotted
1: that. There was uh, Nanoco, we talked about a little bit before. Oh, uh, yeah, Quantum yeah. Dots. Yeah, that's uh, Nanoco, ticker is N-A-N-O, Lots um, small GB group. There's a 69 million market cap. Uh, and they develop what are called nanomaterials, specifically quantum dots. And these are very, very small. Uh, you know, their materials, they say they're one to 100 nanometers, and nanometer is a billionth of a meter. So uh, quantum dots are used in um, displays. And a display specifically is like those flat screen high-tech displays for your TVs. And their, their quantum dots don't use cadmium um in, uh, in in visual displays. But the company has been in litigation with Samsung, who is one of the largest global uh display uh manufacturers. So they just issued an, an AGM statement and said that uh, the board is very pleased with the progress of the court process and the IPR process date. So they're looking forward to conclusion that in May of next year, because I'm sure that's you know that whole case has held held back the company. Um and they just pointed to uh sort of general progress in terms of uh of trading, I think, in this in the statement. So yeah, there we go.
0: Mm, very good. So that anything, was, else, anything
1: else? Anything else? Uh no, as I say, other other than the um yeah, the news just out about, that Aberdeen looking to uh, acquire Interactive Investor. Uh th- th- that you know, you've got Interactive Investors, very, very popular. There's a SIP platform, there's a trading platform, Hargreaves Lansdowne and AJ Bell. But they're, you know, to see Aberdeen getting involved in uh, in this space, I thought was very interesting, showing the importance of the small investor in this market. And as uh, you know, I started this discussion talking about opportunities for investment, and that's for companies listing that's small and high growth and can develop on the stock markets so that all ties in
0: there you go uh right i'll tell you we'll keep it short there um slightly shorter than normal but it is the december it's christmas time i think news will start to flow we'll keep trying to do this podcast as long as we can but we may we may call it quits uh the week before christmas and the week after christmas who knows uh but thanks again as always anybody listening i hope you've appreciated it and enjoyed it Uh, do feel free to ask us to look at anything, give us any comments. Uh, We do love feedback, Uh, but have, um, have a good rest of the week and weekend coming up. Thank you.